Hi, this is David Sachs, and welcome to Spiritual Tools for an Outrageous World. Every week we do a little couples therapy between us and God. It's a chance to deepen and explore our most important relationship. Okay, I'm glad you're here. Um, We're going to address a a bunch of questions today. Uh, One of them is, we're we're in a new book of the Torah. Why why is it called uh, Shmos, which means names? In English, it's translated as, as Exodus. And so there's a big disparity between those two, those two names. So, so we're going to get into that. Then uh, a little bit later, hold on till you get to this part of the talk, because um, I really want to share with you just a, a very, very exciting gamatria, just like one of these mind-blowing gamatrias. And uh, anyway, why don't, we, why don't we just dive in? So, so everybody knows that... Uh, we're, we're now going over the, the, the story of, of, of how, we, how we left Egypt. And that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. The, the Zohar says that, that the, the future redemption is, is modeled on this redemption, leaving Egypt. So, so basically, you can learn a lot about just what's going to happen in, in future times based on, on the story of us leaving Egypt. And there's always a visual that, that I love to share just because it's so... It's so cinematic. I mean, you have to you have to like imagine almost like a almost like a western, right? You have this the desert, and then in the in the distance you have like the city of Egypt, the great civilization of Egypt rising up in the in the background, right? And then in between, you you're seeing it from the uh, from the, from the back point of view. You're seeing a donkey, and you're seeing Moshe. And, and his wife, and like, they're heading toward Egypt. And with no armaments whatsoever. And in a few weeks, you're going to see millions of people leaving Egypt, and Egypt literally in, in ruins, right? Like smoking ruins. Like one person is going in, basically, with no armaments whatsoever, and an entire civilization, one of the greatest civilizations. We're still learning about it today. You can't get through elementary school, at least in America, without learning about it. One of the greatest civilizations is about to be toppled just through, through this one man, unarmed. Like, incredible. Incredible. So this is, this is Exodus. And, and, and Exodus, this story has inspired different people, different nationalities throughout the world, throughout time. They very much identified with, with, with this. And yet, that's not what the Torah calls it. Of course, God, God, God chose a different name to describe this entire process that we just described. And that's Shmos, which means names. So what, what's, the, what's, what's the correlation? Right? So if you want to say, let's, let's like take a look at really what the scope um, of Exodus is, really. Or, or the book of Shmos. It's, we're talking about going from a time of enslavement, but it's not just about ens- enslavement. And it's not just about getting out of enslavement. It's also about reaching the highest, highest, highest heights, which is what happened at Mount Sinai, right? And literally, our souls flew out of our bodies at Mount Sinai. So you're talking about, when we're talking about this book, we're talking about going from the lowest, lowest place, the worst possible place, 
to the highest place. Okay, so exit is sort of like it means leaving. So it's not just about leaving because that's only part of the story. I mean, it's it's the, where did we go to? Right? You understand? So all of a sudden you go, okay, well, you know something? Maybe maybe Shmos is a more comprehensive name for this book. Shmos, of course, meaning names again. It's a more comprehensive name, but but again, I'm not necessarily following. Like, how does the how does the word names address going from the lowest place to the highest place? Okay. So in Perkei Avos, they talk about different crowns that are given out. One crown is is the crown of the kahuna, the the, the priesthood, right? Another another crown is 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 for Malchus, a, a crown of kingship, right? Royalty. And then they say that there's a, a, another crown, the Keter Shem Tov, the, for, the, for, the, for the crown of a good name. And, and the sages teach that the crown of a good name surpasses all the other crowns. Right? If, you, if you can make a good name for yourself, this is the highest. Okay. So, so I think... I think that this is, this is me talking right now, but I would like to suggest that this is what the name Shmos is getting at. In other words, what are you and who are you during the, dur- during the different circumstances of your life? What name do you make for yourself when you're at the lowest and when you're at the highest? Right? Because that, that's really like... They kept, that's how you earn your, the crown of a good name. So let's go into more depth. You see, a lot of people, let's say when they get stressed out, you go up to them and, and, and you ask them like, you know, you just try to talk to them normally, and they're very stressed out. They, they can't have a normal conversation with you because they're, they're in this mode, right? But what's worse is, is that when they're stressed out, they have made their stress your problem. <laughs> like, who are you to wish me a good morning when I am feeling like this? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you greet me when I have so many things to do today and I'm so behind schedule? <laughs> so, so, so part of having a good name, right, is, not, is, is how do you manage your, your low points in life? Right? Are you are you making it other people's problems? The fact that you're in a low place, right? Okay, so if you can keep your cool and you can be even, right? Remember, I, I love the image of a of a gyroscope. A gyroscope, you turn it and it's kind of self-correcting. When it leans in one direction, there's a ring around it which which leans in the other direction, and it, it, it self-corrects it, right? We have this idea in terms of service of God. We have what they call the two wings of the dove, yira and ava, love and awe, right? And you can always give yourself a spiritual self-exam in terms of these two qualities, yira and ava, love and awe. Like, for instance, you know, there are people who it's sort of like, Hey, you know, what's going on with you in that ham sandwich? You know what? I got to be honest with you. God loves me so much he doesn't care. 
okay, that person needs more gyra. <laughs> They're lacking in gyra. So they need a little, you know, vitamin, vitamin awe, right? <laughs> so, and then, and then there are other people who it's sort of like, you know, they're, they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job. And it's sort of like they live their life thinking that at any moment God is going to zap them out of existence, right? So these people need a little, little more love in their life. <laughs> they need, you know, again, some, some vitamin L, Right? They, they have to understand, well, no, wait, God loves me. Right? He's not, he's not just trying to create an opportunity to wipe me out of existence. So this is how, this is how you regulate yourself over, over life, to make sure that, like that gyroscope, like you're, like you're spinning in a really even way. Right? right? You're not too um, doom conscious. But at the same time, you're not like walking into the chief executive's office, sitting in his chair and putting your legs on his desk, right? So you're not taking liberties. And this way, you know, you keep yourself even. And again, Ava and Yira, when they're properly aligned, are called the two wings of the dove. When you get these two things together in your life, you can soar. You can soar. You can fly. Okay. So, so again... We're trying to answer the question, why is the book of Exodus, which sounds like a you know, very epic, you know, in English anyway, it's a very epic word, Exodus, you know? Um, one, of the, one, of, one of the ships that, that, that brought Jews over to, to Israel before, before it became Israel, while it was still Palestine, you know, it played a very big role in Jewish history. The name of the ship was the Exodus, so like, this, this word is very, very resonant. It's a very, very powerful word. Um, and yet we don't use it. Yet God, God had a better idea. It's his book. He had a better idea for what he wants to call it. He wants to call it names. Okay, so we're saying it's chronicling the Jewish people, not just in the lowest point, but going all the way up to their highest point at Mount Sinai. So, so the other thing is, how do you handle yourself? What kind of name do you make for yourself when things are going great? Right? Because that's the other part of having the crown of a good name. It's not just sort of being, not making your, your moods other people's problems, like when things are low. But what about when things are going great? Like, you know, like, I just got this raise. And you know what? It made me realize how much better I'm doing than you are. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Oh, you're not sharing my joy in this way? What is the matter with you? <laughs> like, how do you treat, how do you manage good news? By the way, you know, Reb Shlomo said something. It's, this is absolutely heartbreaking. It will break your heart in a million pieces. He says, you know what the definition of a good friend is? Ready for this? Not someone who you can tell bad news to, but someone who you can share good news with. Right? That, that can make you cry a million tears. Right? The idea that there are people who you can actually share good news with and that those people will be happy for you. Right? You know, remember, one of the great Torahs, Reb Shlomo defined jealousy. You ready for this? As jealousy is thinking someone else took your portion. 
See, that's the, that's the internal workings of what jealousy is. You see someone who has something that you want, something that you feel that you're lacking in your life and that you're maybe praying for or you desire. You see someone with that thing, and this is not on a conscious level. Deep, deep down, you think, that person took my thing. That's really mine, they have it. How did they get my thing? And you know something? Until they give it back to me, I hate them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Again, this is not a, this is not a conscious process. But this is what is going on in terms of the, the heart. So, so there's a very simple way to correct this. Actually, it's not so simple. It's very hard. But, but there, are, there, there is a path to correcting it if, if a person is interested. One is realizing that that thing belongs to them. And you know what the greatest proof is? Because they have it and you don't. <laughs> if it was yours, you would have it. <laughs> So let's start at a very simple place. <laughs> the next thing is to understand that if they have a Ferrari and you don't, it's not because God ran out of Ferraris. <laughs> that is not why they have it and you don't. Like you were next in line. It was like, oh, the last one went to him. That's not what's going on. God has endless blessings, endless, endless, endless blessings, right? And he can give them out whenever he wants, to whoever he wants, however he wants. <coughs> so, so it's not, they didn't take your thing, okay? So, so, so how do you manage good news? How do you manage good news? So I, we were talking about this a little bit on Shabbos. I want to share it with you. It's a story from my life. Um, so those of you who are sort of comedy fans um, uh, know who Monty Python is. That's the, you know, one of the classic all-time greatest uh, comedy troops. You know, and they just sort of changed the face of comedy. It was just so cerebral and, and yet absurd and silly. It was like brilliant and silly at the same time. It was like every, every good thing. By the way, if you, if you don't know, these guys all went to Oxford and Cambridge. They were all like brilliant people, but they were just, you know, hilarious. They were like beyond, beyond funny. Um, anyway, so one of the leaders of that group of Monty Python was a man named uh, John Cleese. And he's really, you know, I mean, among comedy aficionados, people who know comedy, he's like, you know, really one of the kings. So I had the opportunity to, to work just with John Cleese a very short time. He, he was doing a, a guest stint on, uh, on Third Rock from the Sun. It was a show that I was working on at the time. And, and I remember it was sort of like, wow, you know, opportunity to meet John Cleese, to work with John Cleese. This is incredible. I mean, my interactions with him were like zero, basically. But, you know, I was on the set with him. I was working with him, you know, so to speak. I don't want to overstate it. But, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, there he is, you know. So, so I go to this set one time, and I guess I was a little bit late, and, and there was a, like a crowd of people around him, you know, normally. And uh, anyway, he was sort of holding court and, you know, talking with everyone. And, and I had met him, I guess. I had been introduced to him, like, you know, very briefly, like, you know, with a, a, 10 other people or whatever it is, the, the, the other day. And then I kind of walked into this, you know, area, and again, there's like 
10, 15 people around him, and I'm sort of like on the outside of that, right? And he sees me standing there, and he says, he's in the middle of telling the story, he looks up, he goes, oh, hey, David. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It's like, here is a guy who, like, he met me in like a, over the course of a second, the previous day, and he remembered and everything like that. And I thought about that. You know, I've never stopped thinking about it, clearly, because this happened maybe 20 years ago. Um, And what I admire so much about him and what he did there was he used his celebrity to lift me up. You understand? It's not, and, and by the way, it's not that he made it about me. He wasn't making it about him. Do you understand? That that, that 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 was the amazing thing. So again, how do you manage good news? What do you do with good news? Do you, do you use this increased sort of energy, life force, platform, status, whatever it is? You can use that to lift other people up. You understand? Mm-hmm. So so again, these are I think some of the dynamics of what it means to make a good name for yourself. And remember, it says that the crown of a good name exceeds all the other crowns, right? So again, I'm using this as an explanation of why this book that we're learning in the Torah right now, which goes from us being in the lowest place to the highest place, is called names, right? Because over the course of our life, you know, God puts us in different situations and he wants to know, how are you going to react in this situation? How are you going to react in that situation? I once heard Rabbi Green say something, which I just, just amazing. He says, you know, imagine a man comes home from work. He's worked very hard, put in a long time, you know, it's, he comes home, it's dinner time, whatever it is, sits down at the table and his wife puts a plate in front of him with some crackers. That's dinner, <laughs> right? And it's sort of like, okay. Comes home the next day, he's worked very hard. He gives, she gives him crackers again. That's, that's <laughs> dinner. And, and this goes on, <laughs> right? So, so Rabbi Green said, he said, you know, there's going to come a time where there's going to be that man's not going to be here anymore his wife's not going to be here anymore the crackers are not going to be there anymore the table's not going to be there anymore the house isn't going to be there anymore right he says the there's one thing that's going to remain how did he react in that situation that that's going to be what endures, right? So, so this is really, we're really kind of drilling down, we're really kind of getting down into the essence of life right now. Question is, how are you reacting to your situation? And how are you treating the people around you, both in the best of times and in the lowest of times? This is really going to be what determines who you are, and this is what remains. So there's a, there's a, uh, 
a story from the Medrash, which which syncs with this cracker story, right? This is now the an ancient story, um, and it deals with um, with Shlomo Amelech, King Solomon, the, the the wisest man, and it said that King Solomon was sitting in his garden. He was contemplating, and he 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 wanted. He called in, like, one of the king's jewelers, right? And he wanted a ring to be made for him. And on this ring, he wanted a statement put on the ring, some words put on the ring, that when he was in a low place, it would pick him up and, and, and put him in a better place. And when he was in a high place, that would bring him down to the ground and make him, you know, kind of, you know, normal again, basically. So one phrase has to pick you up when you're low and bring you back down when, when you're like maybe a little bit self-infatuated, right? What, what would that one phrase be? So the jeweler had to figure it out. So he comes back and he gives Shlomo Amelech this ring that says on it, Gamze Yavor. This too will pass. In other words, you're depressed right now? Okay, it's going to pass. You're going to get better. Right now you're on the top of the world? Okay, you're not going to be on the top of the world every single day. That's going to pass too. Right? You know, it's, uh, it's funny, but... All we have, all we really have is right now. Right? Because the past is gone and the, the future isn't here. All we really have is right now. So, and you know something? You get to decide how you want to feel about where you are right now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We, we're, we're constantly putting our well-being and our emotional well-being into the hands of other people. You know, I'll feel good when you do this. I'll be happy when you give me this. You know, I think so many people, and again, they don't do this because they're thinking about it. It's just we fall into all sorts of bad habits. I can. I, I wish I knew the percentage of people who, in the world who fall into this category. I bet it would be pretty high. And it's here's the category: God, I'm going to continue to boycott you until you give me what I want. <laughs> when you give me what I want, then then we'll be on terms, right? But who's the who who's the victim of that type of attitude? We're the victim of that attitude. Especially since right now, you know, like, can you imagine, I, let's say I want fill in the blank, right? Whatever it is, right? And I don't, let's say I don't have it. And I say, God, you know, I'm not going to do any of the things that you want me to do or that I think you want me to do until you give me this thing. Can you imagine if, I'm just trying to picture like the other side of that conversation, which, 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 you know, like, can you imagine God says back, oh, so what about your heartbeat? 
Oh, no, no, that's good. I'll stay, I'll keep that. <laughs> what about your eyes? No, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> what about your legs? What about your lungs? <laughs> what about the clothes on your back? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sort of like, can you imagine? It's like, can you imagine? All, all the things that we have while we're claiming we have nothing. See, because here's the problem. You know, I, I, I like to think of these talks sometimes as, as, as couples, couples therapy between us and God, you know? And um, I think that, that, that one of the kind of, one of the problems is, is that we allow what we are lacking to define our relationship. You know, like if I'm, let's say there's, I have a particular need, my whole relationship, since I, and it starts from a good place because I know God it can answer any prayer and can do absolutely anything. But if I have a particular need and I'm praying to God for that one need and I say, I start off saying, God, you can do anything. All, every power is with you. There's, you can do absolutely anything. Please, God, give me this one thing. And then, you know, not so long after you go, God, are you listening to me? God, God, why do you hate me? And all of a sudden, the entire relationship has been shrunk down between you and this particular need. It's, it's, that doesn't mean we don't have needs, by the way. And doesn't mean we shouldn't be praying for our needs and then God should bless us all with our needs and everything like that. But we do ourselves a tremendous disservice when we make the entire relationship about that one thing. It's not really fair. It's not really fair. It's not fair to us. It's not fair to God. Okay. So, so just to summarize, this book, which is, which is chronicling the Jewish people going from the lowest place to the highest place is called names. Shmos means names. Because in our lives, we're going through highs and lows. So what name are we making for ourselves during the highs and lows? That's the question. And if you can get it right, if you can be in a low place and not make it other people's problem, and you can be in a high place and use that high place to uplift other people, then I think that you are on the path to having the crown of a good name, making a good name for yourself, which is the highest of all the crowns. This is what the sages say. It's very, very important. Okay. So I want to go deeper and... And I want to share with you this gamatria that came to me over Shabbos. Like, it's kind of blowing my mind, right? So I want to share it with you. So, you know, and it's on the subject of names. It says, the, 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 the book begins with, And these are the names of the children of Israel. And when it says Israel here, and it's going to list the tribes or the, ch- the children of Yaakov, when it says Israel here, um, 
you know, we, we tend to think of, we, we hear the word Israel, we tend to think of the nation of Israel, right? But remember, Israel is also Yaakov Avinu's name. Jacob is named Israel. He gets this extra name, Israel. All right? And the, the Orachayim points out, you know, that if you, that Israel is this, this higher level of spirituality, so, so you'll, you'll see, like, it's very systematic when the Torah calls uh, Yaakov, Yaakov, and when the Torah calls Yaakov, Yisrael. You know, you'll see that it will correlate when he's in a more expansive place, he's called Israel, and in a less expansive place, Yaakov, right? He's still, you know, even when he's Yaakov, he's awesome and great, but still, there's an even higher level. So, so there's something also interesting that uh, we won't go into too much here, but it's a, it's a, it's a, to me it's a fascinating question. When we first are introduced to Avraham, Avraham in the Torah is called Avram. And then Hashem, God changes his name to Avraham. And there's actually a love, there's actually a prohibition in the Torah that once his name is Avraham, you are only allowed to call him Avraham. You're not allowed to call him anything else except Avraham once his name is changed. Now, very interesting, right? Perhaps because there was a fundamental shift in creation, right? I don't know. We have to think about it. But you can contrast this with Yaakov and Yisrael. Once, once his name is changed to Yisrael, he's still called Yaakov. It goes back and forth. Why is that? Again, we're not going to dwell on that question, but I, I think it's a fascinating question. Um, so, so Yisrael is the, is, is the higher name. Now, we have to understand something also. Your name is your mission. This is, if you want to know, if you want to get a deep insight into who you are, look into your name. Right? That's, 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 that's something very, very special about you. It describes, on some level, right, what it is you're supposed to be and who, what you're supposed to accomplish or what's special about you. Names are very, very important in, in Torah. Okay? And your name, like I say, is, 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 is what you have to accomplish. Now, with this in mind, you can understand on one level why it is, and we, we should know from this, we should just know health and happiness, but if someone is very sick, they'll give them an extra name. Why is that? They'll add to their name. Why? Why is that? So I want to tell you a story that, that addresses this, okay? So the, the story, there's a similar story in the Gomorrah, but this is, this is told by the Katska Rebbe. Okay, the the his son-in-law was the Avne Nazer. The Avne Nazer is one of the the greatest greatest Torah scholars in his day. He was maybe the the greatest Torah scholar. Okay, I'll tell you a story about the Avne Nazer. So awesome story. I heard it from Reb Shlomo. He had maybe the number one yeshiva in the world. Certainly, you know, way 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 up there. The top 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 students in the world. Right. And there was one particular student that he kicked out. And his father, 
you know, came to pick up his son from the yeshiva. His father, you can imagine, is heartbroken. Like, the Avni Nezer is kicking my son out of his yeshiva, right? And the father asks the Avni Nezer, what, was he not learning properly? And the Avni Nezer said, no, 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 he's the, he's the best in the whole yeshiva. So he says, then why are you kicking him out? And the Avni Nezer said, because I noticed when he's learning, he doesn't have any tears in his eyes. You see, Torah, Torah is not geometry. Torah is not chemistry. Torah is a comprehensive, it's a comprehensive understanding of life. It's not just, you know, in, in, in the secular world, in the academic world, we talk about the time-space continuum. But the Sefer Yetzirah boils down all of reality to three elements, time, space, and soul. You don't have a comprehensive understanding of the universe unless you're factoring in soul as well. Right? And Torah is addressing time, space, and soul. And if you're not bringing that dimension into your, your learning, your understanding... Then you're not, then you're not scratching the surface of what the Torah is. You know, I don't know if you know this. It's kind of a interesting fact, but the person who cries the most times, meaning who the Torah says he cried, he cried, he cried, he cried. In other words, not who cried the hardest or whatever it is, but the most mentions of crying in the Torah by one single person is by Yosef. And Yosef is known as Yosef at Tzadik, right? The, the righteous one, or really the, in, in some ways the perfect one. <clears throat> so, so you see that if the Torah is calling, if he's Yosef at Tzadik, and we say the, um, the tzaddik yisod olam, the tzaddik is the foundation of the world. If he's the foundation of the world, then the fact that he's also crying the most in the Torah, obviously there's, there has to be a connection. In other words, there's a certain type of tears that are, that are, that are very holy. See, there's a certain type of tears... You know, so you think, oh, so I'll just cry a lot, right? But you know something? There's, believe it or not, there's the right kind of tears and the wrong kind of tears. <laughs> it's not enough just to cry. If you, People can cry from a sense of hopelessness. <laughs> but there's a type of tears that are just, you're just absolutely putting everything into God's hands. You're reaching out to God in the highest, highest, highest way with your tears. These, these are the highest tears. These are the tears of Yosef, right? So now, 
Now we have to look at our tear ducts. What are our tear ducts? D-U-C-T-D-U-C-T-S, right? D-U-C-T-S, yeah, ducts. Those are the little holes in our eyelids, right? So you think, oh, you have those little holes in your eyelids so that when you cry, the tears can come out. But, but no, you have those holes in your eyelids so that you can cry <laughs> because you're supposed to cry. So with that in mind, I want to say the following. When you sweat, that's the exertion of the body. But when you cry, that's the exertion of the soul. So, so let's go back to names. So the Avni Nazir kicked him out of the yeshiva because there weren't any tears in his eyes when he was learning. So he said, you know something? That's not the type of learning that we're doing in this yeshiva. This is not, this is not an academy. This is, this is Torah. Okay. So, so that's, who, that's the Avni Nazir. That's one story about him anyway. Um... <laughs> The Avadanezer was very sick during his life. He, he, he was very sick. And by the way, you know how he was diagnosed? That he, his brain was so giant that all the nutrients of his body were going to feed his brain. Really. And this is why he was so sickly. Because he had basically, like, I don't know, I just got this computer. I want to return it. You know why? Because the fan goes off. <laughs> All the time, it's so loud, I can't concentrate. Like, but the fan, you need that fan to cool off the computer because it's heating up too much. This is like, like his brain was like this supercomputer. Like the, all the nutrients of his body had to go and be taking care of his brain. Anyway, he was very, very sickly. And there was someone davening, praying for him to get better. And, and the way this person was beseeching God was saying, he's accomplished so much. He's done this and he's done that and he's done this and he's done that. Meaning, God, you have to have mercy for him because look at all that he's done. And the Kutzka Rebbe said, remember the Kutzka Rebbe was his father-in-law. The Kutzka Rebbe says, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done this yet. He hasn't done that yet. He hasn't accomplished anything. And the first person looks to the Kutzkarebi and is like, you're killing him. Like, 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 a, like a heavenly accuser, like Kitrug. You're, 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 you're accusing him of, of all the things he hasn't done. That what he hasn't accomplished. But the Kutzkarebi's prayer was answered. And he got better. And the Kutzkarebi explained to him that, you see, if he's already accomplished everything in life, what does God need him around for? I'm trying to show all the things that he hasn't done yet. So that God needs to keep him alive and keep him well so that he can continue to accomplish in this world. So you see, again, your name is your mission. Your name is your mission. And so that's why sometimes if someone is sick, God forbid, they'll, they'll add a name because it shows that that person still needs to do more things. You understand? 
So they have to stay in the world. They have to get more accomplished. Okay, so now we're explaining names. I'm, I'm getting to the gamachia, by the way. It's just, it needs a lot of introducing so that you appreciate it. Um, and I'm trying to tell you that this transition between Yaakov and Israel. Because you see, Israel is a new name. So that means that there's a new mission, right? Okay, so we have to, we have to figure that out. What is this new mission? Okay. So, so, in terms of gematria, right? Everyone knows what gematria is. That's, uh, remember, the, the Torah is, is operating on so many different levels. It's operating on a musical level. It's operating on a narrative level. It's operating on a grammar level. It's also operating on a mathematical level. Remember, we say that the Torah is the infinite compressed into the finite. Right? So if you're squeezing so much light, so much wisdom, so much heavenly wisdom into just a few words, you have to be able to unpack those words and show all the different levels that are going on in the words. So we have different ways of doing it. One of them is the mathematical level. And within the mathematical level, there are different disciplines of how to do it, different types of gematria. So one type of gematria is not just to take the straight number of the word, but to add one. It's called gematria im hakolel. That's the official name for it. Okay? Kolel means the collective. All right? So you take the, the word and then you add one. So those people who are ignorant about gematria, you say, oh, look, this shows you, you know, you're adding one. It's, uh, it's like, what's an extra one between friends? We're fudging numbers. Okay, these people don't know anything, okay? <laughs> so we have to understand what, what is the philosophy of gematria imha kolel, to, to add one. What does it mean to add one? Okay? So, so I heard this from Rabbi Kersner, Olive Shalom. So... If, if I had a, um, imagine I have four poles, four wooden poles, and then I put one flat piece of wood, like a board of wood, over these four poles, you would look at it and you would say, that's a table. But it's not a table. It's four wooden poles and then a board over four wooden poles. <laughs> but your mind synthesizes that information and makes a kolel. Kolel means a collective. Makes a kolel, a concept out of it, and then calls it a table. Do you understand how you're adding to what you're saying? Right? You're adding the synthesis. You're adding the one. You're unifying the information and adding the one. I'll give you another example. This is my example. Imagine it's 7 p.m. at night, and I hand you a plate with a piece of chicken, some salad, and some potatoes on it. You would look at it and you would say, oh, it's dinner. <laughs> but it's not dinner. It's a plate <laughs> with a piece of chicken and some potatoes and some salad. But your mind synthesizes that information and then you say, no, this is dinner. Do you understand? You're, you're, you're adding something. You're adding the one. That's the kolel. That's the collective. Okay? That's, that's the philosophy. That's the Torah philosophy 
of gematria im hakolah, adding one to a number, one, one to a, 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 the number. Okay, now with that lengthy introduction, <laughs> I'll tell you the gematria. Listen to this. So we said that when you add a name, you add a mission, right? So I thought to myself, what mission is being added to Yaakov with this new name Yisrael? So I thought, what if I take the number for Yisrael, which is 541, right? Take the number for Israel. And then I take the number and I subtract the number for Yaakov. It's 182, by the way. Yaakov. What is left over, in other words, that's the number that's being added to Yaakov to make Yisrael. So that number, maybe if I look at that number, it will be a hint what mission is being added. Do you understand? So you're ready for this? It's the gematria of the word Mashiach. <laughs> Imakola, Imakola, plus one. It's 358 is Mashiach, and this number is 359. So, so why Imakola? Why are we adding one? Why is there a one added? So I want to give an answer. So, remember, Yisrael, Israel, is also the name of Yaakov. That's just a person. But Yisrael also becomes all of us, a whole nation. There's something being added. That's the plus one. It's not just the person, Israel. It's the nation of Israel. Which means that's been added to our mission. That, that's part of us. Remember, Reb Shlomo asks, a fantastic question, one of my favorite questions. He says, you know, by Mount Sinai, all the people were there, all the Jews were there, but also the Torah says all the Jews that were going to be born and all the people who were ever going to convert to Judaism were also at Mount Sinai, all the souls. Okay? All the souls were there. So, okay, that's good. Now, there's another teaching in the Gomorrah, um, which is that when you're in your mother's womb, you an angel comes and teaches you the whole Torah. So here's the question. If you already got the Torah at Mount Sinai, why do you have to get the Torah again in your mother's womb? <laughs> Isn't that a great question? And here's the answer. Here's the answer, Rav Shlomo gave. He says, everyone has two missions. You have your own personal mission in this world. That's what you learn in your mother's womb. And then there's the national mission. That we got at Mount Sinai. Interesting. So that's, that's this idea that, that to bring the redemption is part of our national mission. We're, that's all part of our mission. Right? And we work together with God. We work together really by, by being leaders in the whole world because that's, this, is, this is a worldwide mission. Right? Everyone has a... All, we're all God's children. Everyone, Jewish, non-Jewish, we all have a part in this mission, right? But, but God gave us a special responsibility to be, to be a light. To be a light, to, to spread these teachings, right? So, so that's an amazing thing. 
That's an amazing thing. And now I want to go uh, back into the first line of the of this book, and and I want to try to to show you something special, and we'll 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 end with this, okay? So you see, it says ve'elishmos b'nei Yisrael, but when it's talking about Yisrael, there it's talking about Yaakov, this higher name of Yaakov. You see, we're up until now, we've really been sort of like the, the 12 sons of Jacob. But now, the Torah is telling you something amazing. Now all of a sudden, we're the 12 children of Yisrael. Do you understand? Do you understand how we just got an upgrade? Because we're not being called the children of Jacob here. We're called the children of his higher name, Yisrael. Now with that in mind, I want to use that to understand a medrash. The medrash goes on to say, now all the names of the 12 sons, the 12 tribes are listed. And the medrash shows you, like it's like a bit of a play on words, but it's you know deeper than that, showing you how each of the names of the children relate to a different name of redemption. Okay? So so when I first read it, for years up until now, I read it as sort of like, okay, you know, it's sweet and it's cute. It's like each name is like kind of like a name of redemption. Okay, great. But now I see it in a different way. I see how deep the Midrash is, you know, at least at my level of understanding. Because why are they doing all these plays on words, how each name is a name of redemption? Because now we're being called the children of Yisrael, not the children of Jacob. In other words, now that we're the children of Yisrael, we have this mission of, of Mashiach, of redemption. It's all on us. It's all part of our mission. And now that we're the, the children of Yisrael, all of a sudden, each one of our names is attached to a play on the word redemption because that's been infused in terms of our own DNA and our own personal responsibility as well. So, so yeah, so, so, so that's what it is. And, um, you know, just... Just finish by saying that um, I think I, th- I think that you know looking at kind of like my life and stuff like that in terms of my own journey I, I, I think that there was a big milestone that 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 um, that occurred at some point and this was a decision that I made. This was a decision that I made. And, and I'm telling you this because I want you to think about this because I think that you, you will really leap to another place if you, if you do this in your own life as well. Okay? If you haven't heard it. Or maybe to do it consciously. Maybe you doing it, but maybe you didn't know that you were doing it. So now you can do it on purpose. So... 
You see, especially for someone who, but I think this applies to everyone, but anyway, especially for someone who didn't grow up in a sort of quote-unquote observant family and kind of came to it later, there's, there's this thing that you kind of like decide that you want to do this, right? So you say, you say I'm, I'm deciding that, that there's a God. I'm deciding that the Torah is true. And I'm going to follow the Torah because I'm deciding that it's true, right? But this is very, very subtle. Hopefully I'm going to be able to communicate my, my meaning. But I'm talking about something else. And uh, the problem with this is, it's, it, that's very beautiful, by the way, but the problem with that is, is that you then stay on automatic pilot and you live out the rest of your life saying, I've decided that this is true. But what I'm talking about is another level, which is not that you've decided that this is true, but this is actually true. (laughs) See, once it's actually true, it's not about you anymore. (laughs) It's just, this this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine being in Disneyland? And all the time you're in Disneyland, you're saying, I'm deciding that this is Disneyland. <laughs> I'm deciding that that's a ride, and I'm going to go on the ride. Or you can just go, I'm in Disneyland. <laughs> I'm going to do the things that one does in Disneyland. <laughs> Again, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's, a subtle, it's a subtle thing. But, you know, if you want to start to get to the higher levels, all that's left is subtleties, you know. But these subtleties, like, are impactful and very meaningful. The, the life you lead is a different life because all of a sudden you're, you're, you're actually removing one of the barriers. You're removing one of the barriers between you and God because it's not just... I, 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 the whole time. Right? You're getting rid of that. And you're actually just existing like in that divine space. So just, just one, more, one more idea, getting back to um, Yaakov becoming Yisrael. So what were the particular circumstances of that happening? So everybody knows that, that Yaakov has this wrestling match which, with an angel, and it's the, you know, the, the Sar Shel Esav. This is the sort of the, the negative inclination or, 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 you know, if you want to get deep about it, like evil in the world. He's wrestling evil in the world and he's, he's, he's victorious. So this is a, an, amazing, that's an amazing thing. Um, so we have a spiritual principle called Maisim Avo Simin Labanim, which means that the whatever happened to our holy fathers and mothers, it's a microcosm for what's going to happen in the future. So, so you, you have this a very interesting dynamic. It sounds a little bit strange, but, but it's basically like this. The war is already won. Now go out and win the war. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of the way it works. That, that's kind of what we're in the middle of. So you see that, that Yaakov achieved this ultimate victory, defeating evil in this world through this like, like epic, you know, metaphysical 
wrestling match, right? So he achieves, so to speak, Mashiach at that moment, but it's for his followers, his children, to implement. The war is won, now go out and win the war. So this is, this is us. This is, this is our role right now. We are, we are waging that campaign through love, peace, through understanding, through wisdom, through holding on to our, you know, values, like every form of it. But, but this is a, um, a realization of something that, that Yaakov, in the deepest level, already accomplished. So we can have confidence and, and faith because we, we know how the story ends. The, the story ends with, with, with the ultimate revelation of, of God's oneness, with the, with the ultimate defeat of, the, of, of, of all evil. As it says in the Gemara, it says in the Gemara's Sukkah that, that the Sahara will be shechted. So, so we're, we're, remember, it's so, so important. You can't understand Judaism unless you understand this, which is that we believe in evolution in the deepest way. And I'm, I'm not talking about Darwin right now. We're, we, we believe that the world itself is evolving. The world itself is evolving toward perfection. And when, we, when we're able to master our impulses and, and, and to love each other, essentially, to get along with each other, the world will arrive at that place. Thanks for listening. We do this every week, so join in again next Sunday for a new podcast where we explore the amazingness of life. And review us and send in any comments or suggestions. I'd love to hear them.